0: hello and welcome to reclaiming reality we are a podcast where three brothers come together to look for truth from a christian perspective except there's only two of us today it's just me and ben's wavy hair what's up? i don't know where ben went uh, two-thirds of the group, and we are going to be tackling some issues that we did not want Charles to know about. <laughs> so um, I'm just kidding. That's not why we are. This is one of our sun first, burning. maybe second. Exactly. Yeah, Sunburning. burning. Um, this is probably our second video together with just me and Ben opening a conversation um, about something a little bit different this time. Today we are going to talk about whether you are part of a group or whether you are an individual. Hmm. The obvious answer to that is yet to be uncovered. But I want to start off this discussion. um, So if you haven't gotten the gist of it, we're going to be talking about collectivism versus individualism. Um, And with that, I think it would be helpful to lay down some definitions, if you will. These are going to be like Google-level definitions. So just bear with me on this one. But um, collectivism, in my understanding, is that we relinquish or maybe ignore some of our individualistic traits because we are more focused on the group as a whole. So collectivist people tend to be very group-focused people, tend to be very uh, large, kind of larger thinking, what's the good of everybody, instead of thinking so much about themselves which is their accusation against individualistic people who tend to be a little bit more, I don't know, self-aware. Um, individualists have, are, their identity is strongly rooted, who they are is, is strongly rooted in their individual beliefs, um, their individual identity, their individual customs and traditions, and they tend to view people with more value as individual, individuals Um, instead of just being part of a group. How did I do on the definitions, Ben?
1: Oh, dude, I thought you crushed the definitions. Um, Just so the audience knows, you you might have heard us say this several times at this point, but in this new format that we're doing with these one-on-ones, the other person doesn't really have much heads up on what we're talking about. Like Pretty much all I knew is that we were talking about collectivism and individualism, and I have not prepped at all. This is Nick's show, and I'm just kind of here to help out and be and be a part of it. Uh, Nick, I thought the definitions were really good. Um, I think w- real quick, while we're still kind of in the intro part of this podcast, w- why did you want to talk about this, man? What was kind of the, what's the cultural importance, I guess, is what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah, um, we're, we are going to kind of get into that a little bit more. Um, but it's for me, it started with the question, because we're coming at um, society and politics and all this stuff, From a Christian perspective, trying to find out what the truth is, I kind of had the question in my head: Is God individualist or is He collectivist in the way that He, in the way that He views us? Um, So I kind of want to highlight that. Oh, that's an interesting uh, question. I've thought a lot about collectivism
1: and individualism, and I haven't thought much about like how does, yeah, what's God's perspective in all of that?
0: Yeah, exactly. And what I've been noticing is that people think differently. We we have different perspectives on things, so it's worth exploring some yeah. of these um, splits, I guess. Um, so yeah, the first question I want to ask you, Ben, is how do you see yourself on if you were to rate yourself like individualist to collectivist on a scale from like one to ten? Uh, where would you be? One being individualist. 10 being collectivist.
1: Dude, I thought you were just going to ask me how I see myself. And I was going to say very infrequently because I live alone and I try to look in mirrors as rarely as possible. Uh, Two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, is one individualist and 10 collectivist? Yes. I'm probably somewhere around a two, maybe a three. I'm very much on the individualist scale. I think telling... Well, well, first off, I'll give my quick definition, which, I mean, I I don't disagree with you just to add my two cents on it. Collectivism, to make it really succinct, collectivists see themselves as part of groups and that's what their identity is. Individualists see themselves as individuals um, and that's kind of where your identity is. So collectivist sees a group, individualist sees yourself. And I think, I don't think, You you can say broadly that the West is more individualist, and the East has typically been more collectivist. Um, so it makes sense that I'm very individualist, growing up in this society, and I adore the or the individualism of the West. I think that's what makes the West the West. When you say to someone like, "Hey, your identity is rooted in who you are, not what your family did, not what your great." Um, your, not what your great-grandparents did, not the color of your skin, not the social club to which you belong. That's like the idea of the American dream. It's you perform. It's what is your identity? What are your actions? Who are you going to make yourself into? And I think that is is so much of a better ideal than the collectivist, what group are you a part of? Like, I just think, it's such a nasty way to organize the world. I I used to live in India and they believe, and it's, it's kind of phased out, but traditionally they've believed in the caste system and the caste system is kind of like reincarnation based identity. So it's like, if you were born poor, that means you were a douchebag in a, in a past life and you deserve to be born poor and therefore you should stay poor. And if you're born rich, you deserve because you are an awesome guy. Um, and I don't want to get too much into the caste system. I think it's completely messed up. But that's the collectivist notion. You know what I mean? It's your group yeah. identity is, is who you are. And I love how the West came out and said, hey, you know what? No, it's not based on the color of your skin. It's not based on your social class. Make Be a self-made man. Like, determine who you are. So that's, I, I don't know if I'm getting too, too much into detail for the talk you have laid out, man, but... I, I rate my skill very highly on the individualist. And I think the only thing that pulls me back is part of my faith is I take, there is a substantial portion of my identity that comes with my faith in Christ and
0: being yeah, part we of the church. Will get, we will get there. I don't want you to get too ahead. Cause I, <laughs> I I, just I like, like sped over I, I love how, I'm sorry. I love how passionate. No, 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 you're good. I love how passionate you are about this topic because, yeah. and I, I love what you did um at the beginning of you know stating that you are an individual more individualistic in nature um is that you said this is largely our perspective in the west yeah um and that's that's like such an important point that i i kind of want to drive home which really to answer your question earlier what started this conversation is that idea that we have different perspectives based off of our culture based off of where we are yeah um socially based off of all these things right so um so there you go to our listeners you've you've heard from an individualist i tend to also be right around where ben is um oh, cool i you know in thinking about this and not to like you know adopt this to my identity necessarily but i tend to be more individualist in nature because i love people um, and I'm not saying collectivists don't. Of course they do. And and we're gonna get into that in a sec. Um, but I love individual people. My my go-to thing is one-on-one time with people. What's going on in your life? Let's talk about it. Um, so it's very easy for me to see individuals. That makes sense. Um, and kind of yeah. And I and that's one of my strong suits. So I totally agree with you, Ben. I'm with you on that. Um, that being said, though. I do want to introduce a collectivist opinion into our conversation, so I'm going to read a quick excerpt from Robin DiAngelo's book, White Fragility. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ben, just hold on. Just hang on with
1: me. (laughs) I'm like chomping at the bit. Or sorry, what did you say in our last podcast? Biting at the chomp. chomp. (laughs) I'm biting at the chomp. I'm like, let me at it, let me at it, let me at it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I'm just going to read this real quick for our audience. Um, But Ben and I have both, Ben finished the book White Fragility a couple months ago, right? Um, I am still working my way through it because you'll see, she is largely collectivist and we're going to get into that in in a bit. Um, So just to read this quote, Robin DiAngelo kind of asserts that the individualism of the West that Ben alluded to is a barrier to fixing the racial problem. And she says that Because of our individualist uh, opinions, um, that the white people who largely adopt this individualist viewpoint are actually kind of a, they have a fragility about them. They have a a barrier, an individualist barrier to being able to fix the problem of racism. That's kind of her whole point. Um, And she says that setting aside your sense of uniqueness is a critical skill that will allow you to see the big picture of the society in which we live. Individualism will not. For now, try to let go of your individual narrative and grapple with the collective messages we all receive as members of a larger shared culture. Work to see how these messages have shaped your life rather than use some aspect of your story to excuse yourself from their impact. Um, I do like what she was getting at in the sense of we all need to talk. I think that's a really big point in her book. But there you go. You have it from a collectivist as well. And so the problem I, I, I see is that, you know, there's not necessarily – it might not be a white person problem as much as it is a collectivist versus an individualist problem. Um, and mm. so when you see two sides – and let let me like kind of set the stage here. So suppose I am fighting poverty. I join a, a group in my church that has – is, like, we are going after this homeless thing in our community, and we are going to go out there and take care of all the homeless people, right? And I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I'm about this, you know? Um, we're going to go give them supplies and take care of them and make sure they have somewhere to live and all that stuff. I'm about it. So I joined this group, and I start talking to, like, individual homeless people, and I, I see, feel so deeply about these individual people and then someone comes up to me and says, you know, why, the reason why we're doing what we're doing is because you're a white person of the middle class, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a white person in the middle class. Wait, no, I just love homeless people. Like, that's why I'm doing this. And they're like, well, no, yeah, you're doing it because, but you're also a middle class person who belongs to this church. And I'm like, well, sure, yeah, but I'm, I'm doing it. And they're like, well, listen, you can't be part of this group and you're not part of the fixing this problem unless you believe that you're a middle-class white person who's part of this church, you know. And I'm like, wait a sec, what does that have to do? I, I'm
1: confused, man. Were they saying that you couldn't be part of this group taking care of homeless people unless? Oh you, no, like, no,
0: this is a hypothetical. Oh, okay. I'm um, so sorry.
1: I thought this was a legitimate story. <laughs> <laughs> I just derailed that.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> now, I was like, what a douchebag! No, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and what they're essentially, what they would be saying then is, uh, so why build a hypothetical, right? Um, but I'm trying to illustrate the point here is that the collectivist notion at large is like, unless you identify with this large scale collective um, organization or structure or race or gender, whatever divide we want to make, then you can't be part of fixing the individual problem. Whereas the individualist is saying, yes, I can. I'm literally doing the, I'm fixing the problem. Like I'm helping the homeless people, you know? Um, so it creates a little bit of a conflict where there may not be one. I don't yeah. know if that made any sense. That's why I have Ben here to help you guys unravel my brain. He's really good at doing that. So, <laughs> Dude, um, so you, Ben, how does that strike you? I'm I'm trying to set the problem here. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, I, I actually like the quote you read. I, I'm glad you read that one. I think there's a lot of quotes you could have picked from that book, which would have made the collectivist position look really stupid um, because I think Robin D'Angelo is really stupid. And I think you picked a quote that actually highlights the strengths of the collectivist position. And I think just like usually with any two extremes, the truth is somewhere in the middle. That doesn't mean it's 50-50. But like I think that quote highlighted the strengths because like we do need to be able to come together and say, oh, hey, there still are groups that exist and there are still differences and things that come along with being a guy and things that come along with being a gal or things that come along with being Hispanic and all these different things to us. And we need to let that factor in and kind of understand how those have affected us. I think the problem starts arising when you are treating people differently or letting your own sense of identity be affected by that. Kind of like you were saying, Mm. like if you can't, do something good for someone without buying into an ideology like what
0: yeah I think I think you make a really good point about that is that you know we're kind of stuck between two choices moving forward and, and I we are going somewhere with this and I we're, we're stuck between two choices a little bit and one being whether you know some sect of society saying the collectivist notion saying we need to fully embrace collectivism and let go of all the things that make us individual. And the individualist viewpoint being, no, we need to like, we need to stand and we need to take advantage of these these things that ground us as individuals. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of split between those two choices, right? And, and we see the effects of this is that, um, well, we can see the social effects uh, of, you know, needing to be part of a identify and and so let me just back up here robin d'angelo essentially in her book is saying that in order to fix the problem of racism then and she just picks one social issue in order to fix the problem of racism we all have to become collectivists in the way that we see society and that's where i want to push back and say do we really only have these two options because she says individualism is the barrier not white people are the barrier but individualism is the barrier, and I'm saying, wait a sec, that might not be totally accurate. Um, For the record,
1: she does say whiteness is the barrier, right? which is kind of hilarious.
0: Which she ties largely to individualism. Yeah.
1: Um, and dude, yeah, I think and so, that's kind of the difference between the Martin Luther King idea of equality and the Robin DiAngelo view of equality like Martin Luther King's whole thing was like we need to be able to like the whole I have a dream speech like children playing together and it wasn't not seeing race it was not caring it was a children aren't going to be like and I play with you different based on your race and obviously yeah we're zooming in uh, on one issue but it's to make the overall point of collectivism versus individualism so sorry to jump in there I just wanted to throw that in there
0: no you're totally good and I and I see kind of these mentalities clashing a lot yeah. in in politics. And we're not gonna get too much into politics except to say that it has served as a really good illustration for how these different viewpoints are at odds with each other. And so we might feel like we're stuck in the middle of two terrible choices.
1: Nick, can I throw out a collect can I throw out a politic thing for just a second? Sure. Go yeah, I, go for I it. I think a lot of people might think that the left is collectivist and the right is individualist. And super in general, that's true, but there are, populism is a branch of collectivism, right? So when you see people on, like there's tons of very, very prominent politicians on the right that make collectivist appeals. So don't just segment this into right and left. This really is an issue that goes both ways. So just wanted to throw that out there, bud.
0: Yeah, I, no, I appreciate that, thank you. So if that's the problem that we have where the collectivists are saying, oh, individualists are selfish and and traditional and boneheaded (laughs) and really stagnating the progress of our society, whereas individualists are saying collectivists are inaccurate in the way they view people, they're thinking macro level, and it's just ineffective and people don't live macro level on a regular basis, then where is the solution.
1: Do I answer? Yeah, go for it. I, I think the solution is partially not demonizing the other side fully, right? Because kind of like I said, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. So like even someone who's hyper individualist, like mm-hmm. I am, needs to kind of take a step back every once in a while and realize, but people still do like belong to groups. Like that still is something that factors in, and that we need to think about. Um, and hold on, let me, let me make sure I understand the question. Are, are you saying what is the mentality, like what is the ideological solution or what is the practical solution
0: in the culture? Yeah, let's go practical solution in the culture. Oh my
1: gosh, dude, this is a question that I've been really struggling with for a long time because you hear all the time, politics is downstream of culture. And I, I just love that quote because it's so true. But like then the question becomes, what is culture downstream of? <laughs> right,
0: which culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. how
1: do you change culture? And like obviously my solution is changing culture more to the individualist side because I don't want people to see themselves in collectivist terms. I think that is absolutely atrocious because you know who I think sees people in collectivist terms? Richard Spencer. Adolf Hitler. Joseph Stalin, like I think these are people that look at group identities and think those are tantamount to individual identities, whether it's the Aryan race is superior, whether it's black people Mm. are superior, whether it's the Russians are superior, like whatever it is, those awful totalitarian regimes rise out of collectivist notions, and part of the miracle of the West is you are an individual And your own choices matter Mm -hmm. so man I think a massive way we okay okay so to rearrange the question for me the culture needs more individualism so the question is then how do we get more individualism into the culture and how do we get people to stop seeing each other on group identity basis and I think the answer there is you sit down and talk to people
0: yeah exactly
1: you do what you, I, and Charles are doing. And like Charles liked the book White Fragility, right? And, right. and how do we, c- which is weird because Charles actually doesn't love the collectivist ideals, which is, which is interesting, right? So like, how do, I, how do I come together with him? I sit down and I talk with him and I find out his individual beliefs, right? Yep. And yep. I kind of show him that we're both fighting for the same thing, right? Like when people, like, I don't love the term social justice. I think that social justice is actually a collectivist term, because you're saying, I don't want justice for an individual. I'm trying for justice for groups. So you're kind of bringing in this group identity. But I feel like people who fight for social justice think think that people on the other side don't want social justice and when you can sit down and look someone like that in the eye and say, hey, man, I, I also want that. But I think you, the means by which you are attempting to achieve your goal are wrong. That was a long rant, my dude. But that's kind of how I, love I it. think it's you get one on one with people and you have conversations. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And if you think Ben is crazy for being an individualist and if you think that uh, that his solution is bogus, then I'm just going to read a quick uh, excerpt from a, an article that I was actually perusing through on psychology today they add, they address the, the problem of collectivism versus individualism and the punchline is it's not either or it's both um, and so I hope that we painted the problem pretty well the solution actually that they arrive at is the same thing Ben said that what? we need to come yeah right no. go figure you're <laughs> Let's give you a psychology degree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they say that, you know, the cultural differences that might seem o- at odds with each other, because I've been talking to a number of people who would consider themselves collectivists, and the differences, and we sometimes just get frustrated at each other, but what I'm learning is that the, what they say is that the cultural differences that may seem at odds with each other are actually synergistically coming together to produce positive results on society and in whatever category they're applied. Um, because it's healthy to see, and let me, let me explain why, because it's healthy to see that it's the, a lot of times it's the individualist identities that, that ground us, and, and typically individualists are, they feel very autonomous, which makes them more creative. Um, But the collectivist group is is helpful in the sense that they remind us, hey, we are part of a group and we are we have to be willing to bring these individual identities and pieces aside, like you were saying, Ben, with you and Charles and with me and Charles and with all of us, really all three of us together, um, is that there are individual aspects of us that we have to put aside to think more collectively in the sense that we are a group and we're going to work through this thing together. So it's neither collectivism nor individualism solely, but somewhere in the middle of adopting some individualist views and some collectivist views coming together and allowing these differences not to divide us, but to actually help us move forward. Um, And the way we do that is by talking, having conversations. And let me throw out there,
1: I know I kind of already said it, man, but I just want to throw out there, I agree it's in the middle, but keep in mind when people hear in the middle they think 50-50. So okay, yeah. Something really important. That's a good point. It doesn't mean it's 50-50. If something is between two points, it might be 95-5, right? Mm-hmm. So, just something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that, I think we I think we covered this topic pretty well. I would like to ask the audience, do you consider yourself in what ways do you consider yourself more individualist? And in what ways do you consider yourself more collectivist uh, and spend a little bit of time thinking about that because it'll influence what you hear and some of the messages being spoken yeah. at large in our society. But I do want to end by asking one question that we could, we could honestly talk forever about this. Um, is one viewpoint, collectivist or individualist, more Christian or more biblical oh, ho, ho. Than, than the other? Embedded in that question is, how does God see people? So, Ben, what are your initial thoughts on on which viewpoint tends to be more biblically grounded?
1: Dude, I love this question. It's so interesting because I've never thought about it in strictly biblical terms. And what's interesting is I'm actually in the Old Testament for... I, I spend time with the Lord every morning, as you know, and, and in that quiet time, I... I'm reading through Deuteronomy right now, and I'd say it almost Hmm. feels like the Old Testament is a little more collectivist, and then the New Testament becomes entirely individualist. Hmm. However, I, I would say without hesitation, the Bible is a far more individualist document than it is collectivist. And proving that is as simple as, what are you saved by? in Christianity you are saved by individual faith from grace and god doesn't judge your group god doesn't send your group to heaven or your group to hell god sends you to heaven or hell based on your your believing in him or not whosoever shall believe in him will not perish but's going to have eternal life so yeah man for those reasons yeah god And even when Jesus came down, man, Jesus came down and the Jews were like, hey, the savior of the Jews. And Jesus was like, and the world. And they were like, but what about the Jews? And he was like, yeah, sure, Jews. But like everybody, like, I don't care. God shows no partiality. So Hmm. I I would say the individual case is backed by by the Bible far more so than the collectivist case
0: interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, the, the passage that really stuck out to me is that, well, first I want to say that God, based off our relationship with God, right? Like, we know that God sees people. And if you take a second to just literally just pause, like, just pause and think about that. (laughs) Ben's face. (laughs) Um, just think about the fact that god sees individual people and he sees like he see that means he sees you and we talk about society at large what does society see what is functional for society but the one who is above all society who's by the way like this world is so temporal compared to eternity right like god sees you individually that, to me, is the most amazing thing, when the yeah. ruler of the universe, regardless of what society says about you, can look at you and see your heart. Um, Peter, in, in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, Peter was the one of the apostles, one of the disciples of Jesus, and he winds up sharing the gospel with a non-Jew, uh, whose name is Cornelius, who was a, I think he was a Roman, a, an Italian guard, or... Some type of Italian soldier, um, and, not a Jew. And he was like, mamma mia, give me some gospel. <laughs> yeah. That's how all Italians but, talk, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. Like, just like my family. Um, <laughs> but we, so Cornelius was, he worshiped God. Um, and you're like, how could he worship God? He wasn't a Jew. And the Jews would be like, what the heck? He's an Italian guy. Like, he can't worship God. He's not Jewish. But God saw Cornelius and actually brought Cornelius to Peter and said, hey, Cornelius, go to Peter. Peter is going to show you how to be saved, like how mm. to the, the right the truth, you know, so that you can worship me in truth. And so Peter, of course, would have had obstacles to speaking because at this point, the gospel had only been revealed to the Jewish people. So God warns Peter, basically primes him up and says, whatever I say is clean is clean. That's okay, cool. forget all your biases. Let's just, just do what I say, you know? And, and so Peter winds up sharing the gospel, and all of Cornelius' family is, accepts Christ, and it's just amazing. It's amazing. So Peter winds up preaching, and he says, he goes back to the Jewish people, and he says this, opening his mouth, Peter said, I'm glad he opened his mouth. It'd be hard to talk if he didn't. Um, <laughs> <"I most> cer- <laughs> he says, I most certainly understand now, that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears Him and does what is right is welcome to Him. So, I think that God is God sees you as an individual; He also sees the collectivist side of there are those who are His and there are those who are not, um, and it's up to us as believers to walk in unity with other people. Yeah. But largely, and that that is more collectivist mindset kind of in nature, but but because we're individually accountable to God, right? So yeah. there you have it. Um, I think a lot of the, the issues of our day are maybe a little bit less of what we think they are socially and more whether how, how we see ourselves as part of a group or as individuals or both. Yeah. Um, and there you go on God's perspective a little bit. Is the fact that he sees you. And I, I agree with Ben. I think he tends to be he is more individualistic in that nature. Um, that's all I have to add, Ben. If there's anything else you wanna you wanna say before we close. No, man.
1: I, I think I think that's good, dude. I would just really encourage people to not the culture tells us right now that we need to see ourselves as members of groups, that your group identity is tantamount to your individual identity. And I mean, we focused on race, I think, cause Nick's reading white fragility right now, but like whether it's your socioeconomic status, your gender, where you're from, like don't, don't listen to it, man. You are an individual created by God. Live out who you are and who you've been made to be. You're not stuck in a group, whether that's white people, female people, <laughs> Rich people or poor people, you, you are an individual
0: crafted by God. That's it, yeah, man. that's awesome. Sweet. Well, without further ado, Ben, you are good at closing us, so I'm going to pass it back to Dude, you. Dude,
1: do you mean I get to say that we are the Reclaiming you... Reality <laughs> Podcast? Three buddies looking for some truth from a Christian perspective. You got two out of three of us today. The two palest ones, I'm sorry about that. If you want to find us on the social medias, we are on the Facebook as well as the Instagram. You can find us there. Send us an email if you want to chat with us at ReclaimingRealityPodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to join us next time. Sayonara.